welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game, and occasionally an Intellivision game, and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode... I don't know. Ah, 228. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. It's Intellivision Month. Hills presents Intellivision. Intelligent television by Mattel. More sophisticated than any video game that has come before. Providing hours of entertainment for the entire family. Intellivision, with one of the clearest game displays available today. Find this system, plus a complete line of sports and video game cassettes at Hills, where our game is low prices every day. Every year in the month of June, for all the episodes that come out during that month, we set aside the Atari and play some good old Intellivision games. But more on that in a minute. First, the news. Oh, wait, I don't have any news. Henry, my co-host, is not here today. He, for some reason, thought it was more important for him to be outside on his bike, getting exercise in fresh air and stuff. More important than sitting in front of a TV screen playing a 40-year-old video game. Man, kids today, huh? In other news, the world is falling apart. Things are kind of crappy in general right now. SpaceX did launch um, a rocket to uh, to the space, space station, the first private effort to do that. I guess that's cool. Oh my goodness. Like Superman bursting in through the... through the... Wall, Henry has arrived, and he's choking on something. Are you okay, man? Yeah. All right. went down the wrong pipe. Henry's here. How was your bike ride, Henry? Good. Good. I was just telling these guys that you're not here, but you are. We are playing today, because I don't think I told you, we're playing a game called Swords and Serpents. It's Intellivision Month now, so the game is still up on the Intellivision if you want to try it. A little peek behind the curtain. I've already recorded the field report, but if you want to play the game a little bit, you can. Is it a one-player? It can be. Take your coffee. While you're doing that... Actually... I already started. Hold on. I don't have any other news, so I will just start talking about the game. So, Swords and Serpents is either a one-player... Henry's holding the keypad controller. He is going to enter one, the number one, and enter. And then the game should start. That's you. He's a little, he's the little white knight. He's got a sword. You go over here and set your guy over the little rectangle thing. That's a scroll. Press enter, and you'll be able to read the scroll. You should be able to. Oh, I'm sorry. I told you the wrong thing. Press read scroll. There's a button actually labeled read scroll. Ye read ye move. Ye read ye move. That's all it says. Whoa, teleported. That red thing is going to shoot fireballs at you, so you might want to move. Uh, basically, Henry, you're walking around this dungeon trying to find treasures. Occasionally, black knights, black phantom knights will show up, and you have to sword fight them, which really just means using the disc to move your guy. There's no buttons ah, to press. No, no, get out of there. Um, you saw occasionally doorways will disappear. What is two-player magic? There is a two-player version of this game. I think we're no, basically... I blew, I... 
Yeah, it, it's really hard to get through those doorways. I had trouble with it too. It's because the controls are really bad. I think there's a two-player version, two player version of the game where one of you is a prince or a knight and one of you is a wizard. Ooh, we should do that. While you're playing... No! There's a fireball shooting after. Uh, no, yeah. get it. No, it doesn't look like you can, You get nine lives. If you want to know how many lives and how many treasures you have, that press that. Yeah. You've got seven knights left and you don't have any treasures Ooh. yet. So, there's a little backstory. That's right, and television stole my bit 40 years before I thought no, of it. Black Knight. Ooh, I, I poked him. Yep, I think you got him. No, I don't got him. It the, won't let me move. The back, yeah, those doorways are hard to get through. No, it won't let me move. That might be, the, that might be the same one I got stuck on. When I was playing earlier to figure out how to play the game, I got so stuck in one of the dis disappearing doorways, I ended up just restarting the game. Give me the we, no, we should play two-player magic. Well, I gotta talk to the people. You should do that. You should do both. Well, here. Move. This this is actually supposed to, when you're playing the two-player version, this one's supposed to be in the other controller. I'm the wizard. The one keypad is actually labeled right knight, so I'm putting that into the right keypad controller. How do you know it's just left and right controller? Because it's one's plugged into the left side and one's this plugged into the right, right side. No, it isn't. It's the left one. You're just sitting on the right side of me. That's why it looks different. I don't care which one you want to hold. I'm holding, oh, no, yeah, it is the left one. All right. So base, we'll kind of walk through it as I'm telling people how to play you the game. Like new fireball. We do get a backstory with this. Like I said, the warrior prince sought out Nilurn. Nilrun, Nilrun, is that what that says? Nilrun, faithful wizard to the royal court, now in exile. The prince found Nilrun, that's a dumb name, in a musty cave. The old wizard was frail, but his spirit and his spells were still strong. Nilrun rejoiced at seeing the young prince. May I also see Nilrem? Okay. What does that say, Henry? What? Nilrun. Is that an M at the end? That's an M. Wow, I need new glasses. I foresaw your coming. I knew you. I know your great purpose. Then tell me, wise wizard, what I must Ooh, what I must needs now. By accepting the wizard challenge. What? We could win a free poster. Cool. So I've got. This is one of the few in television games. Actually, most in television games I do. Now that I, I'm going to correct myself. I've got the uh, overlays. I've got the box. I've got the manual, and obviously the cartridge. The box is kind of beat up. Henry was looking at the front of the box, and there's a sticker on there that says. Accept the Wizards Challenge, win a free poster. If any of you has won the free poster for this game, let me know. Ooh, I'm a wizard! Continuing the story. Whoa! Very well, my prince. You must recapture your family's ancestral castle, no, now, no. known now as the Fortress of the Yay. Sinister Serpent. Collect all the I'm enchanted gonna, treasures I'm you can find. Once stored, these treasures will earn you valuable valor points and may help preserve your life. But take care. Legions of phantom open knights open. guard the corridors of the serpent's fortress. They glide through walls. No mortals equal to their villainy. No, Beware, too, of red sorcerers. They appear in white clouds of smoke and cast powerful fire bursts. Man does not know their like. How am I to survive when others have fallen? asked the prince. Nilrim touched the warrior prince's sword. It glistened brilliantly. The wizard knocked twice on the breastplate of the prince's armor. It turned pure white. 
The old magician placed his hand on the prince's forehead. The young knight felt the strength of ten men pulse through him. The sword will serve you well against your foes. Your armor will diminish the force of their attacks. Should you fall, ye will rise nine times. Learn the secrets of the serpent's fortress. Be brave, my prince. The young man paused. He at last said, Ancient one, you do me a great service. Would that I could repay it. You can, noble knight, if you would but take an old wizard with thee. Done, exclaimed the prince. All right, so the goal here is to help the warrior prince and the wizard Nilrim as they collect treasures and battle the forces of the sinister serpent. Locate and pick up treasures on each of the four levels of the fortress. Store treasures in the chest on level one to earn valor points. The chest is where you start, Henry. So you have to get back there to store your treasures. Battle phantom knights and evil red sorcerers. Find the key on each fortress level. With it, the warrior prince and Nilrim can move to the next level where they'll find more treasures and, tri and trials. Learn the secrets of the fortress by investigating mystical scroll rooms. Nilrim can acquire patent, potent spells. Locate the lair of the sinister serpent. Note, Nilrim the wizard appears in two-player versions. In the one-player game, the wizard or the warrior prince moves through the fortress alone. And that's what I was playing in the field report, the one-player version. When the Swords and Serpents title appears, select a game by pressing one player, two player, or two player magic on the right controller. Which one did you press, Henry? What? There are three options. There's a one player, there's a two player, or a two player magic. I don't know what the difference is. In the one player version, you, the Warrior Prince battles alone. The two player version is... The war, in the just the straight two player version, the Warrior Prince and the Wizard join forces against the Sinister Serpent. The Wizard begins with one magic spell and acquires others as he goes along. The, the right controller is the Warrior Prince, the left controller is the Wizard. In the two player magic version, the Warrior Prince and the Faithful Wizard engage the forces of evil, but the Wizard begins with four magic spells. So that's really the only difference. How many spells you get to start with? He does play two player magic. Alright. Quick quest. To begin Swords and Serpents, immediately do the following. Select game variation. Screen shows wizard or Warrior, Prince, and the Wizard, or Prince alone, in the Fortress sto uh, Storeroom. Use the disc to move the Prince or the Wizard to destroy Phantom Knights or Red Sorcerers. Strike them with your sword before they strike you. If the Warrior Prince is injured, he loses life. The Wizard casts spells he has on hand uh, by rotating the Wizard until he faces an opponent and releasing the disc. Press the desired spell on the left controller keypad. Is that what I have? You have the left controller. Okay. To pick up treasure, you pick up. Uh, you position the warrior prince or the wizard over the treasure and release the disc. Press enter, and the treasure disappears. And then to store it, you have to go back to the treasure to the storeroom on level one. Did you look at your controller keypad to see what all those buttons do? Yeah, but I can't, I can't touch all of them out because I only have three. There's a map. The manual provides a map of uh, the dungeon. There is a whole section on casting spells and the different types of spells, which include freeze, fireball, heal, fast feet, invincible, destroy walls, uh, two chest. Which automatically carries you back to the storeroom on level one. That's handy. We have to go together because I can't. Can I there's a section on injuries. There's a section on reincarnations. You get nine of those, remember. I destroyed a black knight. Cool. I was 
destroy you. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. All right. We will have here in real time uh, a brief field report a bonus field report if you like um we won't play a whole game henry but we'll uh we'll mess around Katie for a little Cooper. bit and we have to move together because because i mean i mean the screen moves so okay to put play magic and enter enter okay now we have to move together Reach pretty score. sure i know what this is going to read what this is going to say a sweet school. You read, you move. No, it goes away. Okay, ew, fire monster. Fireball. No, freeze. No, my freeze don't doesn't work against it. Nothing works. I got it. Nothing works. Oops, sorry. Hey, he just blasted me with a spell. You dopey wizard. No, no there's a black knight. There's a black knight. Get the black knight. No, I didn't. I wasn't even doing my fireball. Huh. Well, okay. remember, it's, in this one, you only have four spells, so I don't know I what spells do. to start with. Then you can get more later. Pisser, mm. do you have a status button? Mm. Uh, I thought I might tell you how many spells you had. I got for the fire monster. That's not. Oh, do I only have four spells? For Oops, he got me. Hey, quit shooting me, me with your spells, man. It's heal. Well, let me do my fireball. Uh, I'm not sure. You want me to look in the manual? Let's see. To cast spells, you must face the opponent or object onto oh. which the spell is being cast. Oh. And then release the disc. And press the desired spell. So... You position yourself so you're facing it. You let go of the disc and then press the button. There's another one. To acquire spells, you read magic... Basically, most of them you get by reading the magic scrolls. The Sinister Serpent has carelessly left these uh, parcels lying around the fortress. Well, that was dumb. Each spell the wizard acquires increases the warrior prince's chance. What is this red thing? Because it's not a fire monster. I thought it was a fire monster. Yeah, come on. There's a scroll right there, I think. Alright. Now I got you. Man. Where are we going? See, it, 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 it doesn't, it's not letting me do my fireball. I don't know. It's not letting me destroy him because I don't have fireball. 
Oh, Ooh. there's some treasure. Go get it. And you just press enter. Yep. There you go. Now we need to go, we need to go back to the chest. Yep. You might have a spell to do that. Oh. Uh, I don't know. That's when you have chest. to find a lung. Yeah, I think that. There's a chest here. We're not in this chest. We're gonna. Let's go this way. Oh, Is that the chest? It's, not, it's night. It's not letting me do my spells. It's not letting me destroy things. I can't destroy my things. Let's see. Yeah, it says fireball is infinite. Ooh. Yeah. And no. Uh, I only have three fireballs. Maybe that's, I used all my three fireballs. Maybe that's the problem. All right, I'm looking at the map. I don't know where the where you where to find it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to get to it. But. I expect the wizard to not die. We only give them. Oh, I'm dead. I only give the wizard three fireballs, and fireballs is the only thing that can kill. That can kill the. I don't know where I am. Walking, walking, walking. Hey, a squirrel. I'd be dead. Alright, I hope you enjoyed that bonus field report. You'll get another one later with just me playing the one-player version. Intellivisionrevolution.com did a review of Swords and Serpents in which the reviewer uh, up front says that he's not crazy about fantasy role-playing games, at least not when they try to convert them into video games. He sees them more as the dinner table, you know, board game version that a lot of us, like a lot of us, probably play, particularly with Dungeons & Dragons, which I did a little bit as a teenager, and I'm sure a lot of us listening to this did. Uh, and it was not on a screen, it was on paper um, with, you know, a group of people sitting around a table talking to each other. And this guy thinks... You know, role-playing games don't necessarily tax a video game console, you know, and really show what it can do. Fantasy games, he writes, are big fans of displaying paragraph after paragraph of text on the screen, which you have to read in order to play the game, and this doesn't impress me. Almost every game console in existence can display text. I like to see what the hardware can do when it's challenged with a bit challenged a bit with games that push the hardware to its limits. The Intellivision is a game console that does fantasy games right, and Swords and Serpents is a perfect example of that. Since the Intellivision doesn't have the hardware to produce large detailed graphical maps, characters, and items, it has to focus on the action and gameplay elements of fantasy games. The text is in the form of the written word on the box and in the instruction manual where it should be. In fact, reading the instruction manual before you play is pretty much mandatory. The graphics are what you would expect from an Intellivision game released in 83. Sure, they're basic, but they're good enough to show that you are, in fact, walking around in a fortress. I forgot to mention, this game came out from iMagic, or eMagic, not sure how you say it. I thought it was 1982. There's no music in the game. You hear the footsteps of your character and the clanging of swords. There's some classic Intellivision pops and hisses when red sorcerers appear and when Nilrum casts his spells. I love that the game doesn't have music, since it kind of gives it a dark sort of feel. What do you think, Henry? Do you think the lack of music is okay? Mm. Don't know. My favorite part of the game? The ending. There isn't one. Happy gaming. I found some comments about it on Atari Age, uh, the forums there. The general consensus seemed to be that it's actually pretty fun, although the ending, or lack thereof, I guess, is frustrating. InTVFunhouse.com observed that it seems that television offered more RPG-style games than the other systems of its day. Swords and Serpents has good visuals, if a rather sparse soundtrack, and it was the first Intellivision game in which I found the true Easter egg all by myself. I even got, and still have, the Swords and Serpents poster. 
All right. Well, after the break, the pen might be mightier than the sword, but we suspect that's just propaganda perpetuated by the liberal pen lobby. so great being back here in 1985 in Todd's basement playing Dungeons and Dragons. I have my paladin character and... Wait, what? This isn't Dungeons and Dragons. This is Swords and Serpents. It's a video game. And it's really weird that I'm in Todd's basement. And I'm 49. Anyway, moving on. So we're playing Swords and Serpents for the Intellivision. I'm playing the one version, one player version, and I'm gonna start doing that now. Entering one, enter. Here we go. Walking, walking, walking. Ooh, a scroll, I should read that. It should be important information. Ye read, ye move. Really, that's it? These little red blobs that shoot fireballs at you, you can't destroy them, but they can destroy you. Walking, walking, walking. I like how they give you the sound of the footsteps of you walking so that they have some sort of audio. There's a thing that looks like a helmet. Can I pick it up? I can. Alright, I will take it back to my little cubby hole. Walking, walking, walking. There's a set of stairs that I can't use because I don't have a key. Here comes a phantom knight. Took care of him. It is only a flesh wound. Oh, that other one took care of me. A glowing axe appears on the screen whenever you get killed and it really just makes me think of the X-Files. I kind of miss the X-Files. I should use some of this time that I supposedly have being in quarantine to watch the X-Files. Ooh, another treasure. I apparently went the wrong way. No, I want to pick it up. Why are you not pick it up? You're frustrating me. Alright, I'll come back later. Your knight, your prince, just basically looks like a circle holding some sort of a stick. But the sword fights, brief as they are, I guess, are okay. You get a little bit of the noise of the clanging swords. Wow, I really took a wrong turn. I don't know where I am now. Walking, walking, walking. These walls, doorways that disappear, are really hard to get through. Mostly I just get killed like I just did, or I get stuck. One time I had to restart the game because the guy wouldn't move. Let me through. I'm too stubborn to give up. There. No, I got through that time. <coughs> but let me pick up that treasure. I'm very confused. Walking, walking, walking. It'd be nice if there was some, you know, heroic music or something. 
maybe not heroic music, some sort of um, adventure music. Here's another squirrel. Gee, I wonder what that says. I first got dispatched this night. There we go. Reading. Why are you not letting me read? Apparently it's a secret scroll. I can't read that one. Take care of that night. Alright, well, I think you get the idea from this riveting field report. So, I'm going to sheathe my sword and uh, head back to you in the studio. Hey Atari fans, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Join Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review cartridge-based games for the Atari's last answer, the 8-bit gaming system, as well as delve deep into their history. Kieran will also introduce everyone to the UK's budget games. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So here's the thing about swords and serpents. Henry, do we like swords and serpents? Sure. Sure. What did you like? I know you don't play very much. Henry's shrugging. I guess you liked the idea of the wizard, but it wasn't... It, it, it was a little frustrating trying to be the wizard. Huh? Yeah. I think it's probably a game that if we spent more time with it, it'd be pretty fun. Because the wizard, you can't really do anything after you... Except follow the night after you run out of fireball. Yeah. I think it's a game you have to spend more time with and actually figure out what's going on. So I, I think the game has potential. I was a little skeptical when I saw how much of an RPG this game was, as opposed to just a, a typical game of its day where you just pick it up and shoot stuff. But I think it has potential uh, to be a, a good time. I could see where it might be problematic, the fact that you can't really save the game. So if you stop at some point, you have to start all over again later. But maybe that's not a big deal, because you get the nine lives and just burn through those and, and then the game's over, uh, regardless of whether you saved your progress or not. I'm not frustrated by the ending or lack thereof because we didn't even get close to being at the ending. So that doesn't bother me. Um, okay, it's time for another round of our ongoing segment. What game is Henry playing while we podcast about a different game? If any of you has a sting that I can play here, go ahead and send it to me. Henry, what game are you playing while we podcast about a, a different game? game? What? A brain game. A brain game. Awesome. You're not in school right now, so I like that. What uh, What is it, like uh, puzzles or something? Yeah. Do you want to, is it like uh, riddles? Do you want to throw one out there, or is it? No, it's not riddles. Oh, okay. Cool. And that has been, what game is Henry playing while we podcast about a different game? I'm going to make a theme song for that. Awesome. It's story time. Atari Bites. Yes, it's story. Story, story, story time. With Bill. 
Henry, do you have a story this week? No. All right. I do. Shocker. This week's story is titled, Stuck. One early morning, as the sun glowed orange and red upon the waters of the cove, a serpent sat sun sunning himself on a rock. The serpent, gold with red flecks, much like the sun, its eyes were hard and cold in contrast to the life-giving rays coming from above. Many days, the serpent was a fearsome creature consumed by anger. Today, he was in a good mood, which was somehow more scary. Hey, you pirates, the serpent told. Remember when you thought you were so clever, making those rude gestures as you tried to sail away and leave me here to rot? Now look at you. You suck at steering a ship. Why don't you give me your vessel? I'll show you how it's done. He makes me so mad he does, grunted Scraggly Beard, the pirate, standing at the ship's bow. The pirate captain and his crew had run aground on the small island and quickly found themselves in a standoff with the serpent, who himself had been left here by his kind for reasons unknown. Since none of them could leave, they decided the logical thing would be to fight instead. Scraggly Beard rattled his saber. I'll lop off his head, I will. Scraggly Beard's first mate, One-Eye, looked up from oiling his peg leg and said, Why, Captain? What good will it do? He's just spouting stuff. Can't hurt us. Yoo-hoo, pirates, the serpent called. Plunder any good treasure today? Oh, that's right, you're stuck here. Although a rope ladder already dangled from the deck down to the beach below, Scraggly Beard clenched his sword between his teeth and grabbed a rope hanging from the yardarm, preparing to swing out and land on top of the serpent. He'd seen that in a not-yet-invented movie once. Once on the beach, he would disembowel the serpent, singing sea shanties all the while. But then Party Pooper One-Eye spoke up. Seafood allergy, he said. Are what you be speaking then, good sir, Scraggly Beard grunted. One-Eye sighed. Why couldn't Scraggly Beard talk like a normal person? You get rather enthusiastic when you disembowel things, sir. There's a good chance some bits of serpent will get on your skin, and with your compulsive licking habit, you could end up swallowing some. That might trigger your seafood allergy, sir. And we are rather low on epinephrine, as it happens, sir. Curses, Scraggly Beard said. He knew last week's effort, let's have a clam bake, had been a bad idea. Scraggly Beard waved a clenched fist at the serpent. It seems we be at an impasse, sir. The serpent rolled his eyes. Not really. I'm quite content, and you bore me. Scraggly Beard looked at one eye as he gestured with the sword. You sure we don't have enough epi? Epi? Afraid not. You know, the serpent called, if you really want me to go, just give me your ship. I might even be willing to leave you the peg leg oil. I'll be taking the gold, though, of course. One eye, seriously, Scraggly Beard pleaded. Well, sir, one eye said, you could he gestured starboard. You know, play to your strengths. Scraggly Beard didn't do it at first. When I made a swooping motion with his arms, grinning so that all his gold teeth glinted in the sun. Now Scraggly Beard got it. Say, serpent, he called. The serpent rolled over lazily on his rock. You finally ready to admit you need me? The only thing I need, Scraggly Beard said, is to cut off your stinking head and use it as a planter for those pansies One-Eye gave me. He turned to his first mate. They be quite lovely, One-Eye grinned sheepishly. But, Scraggly Beard reluctantly lowered his sword, seeing as we are both stuck here and maybe for some time, I propose instead a more symbolic test of supremacy. What have you in mind? The serpent said, mildly curious. 
A diving contest, Scraggly Beard said. The serpent was now intrigued. Serpents were sea creatures, naturally, but mostly they just sat on rocks or below the surface in coves waiting to startle fishermen and the occasional banjo-playing frog. It was a rare day indeed that they got to show off their fabulous high-diving skills. The serpent was quickly escorted to the deck of the pirate ship. At Scraggly Beard's order, one eye half-heartedly waved a sword in the serpent's direction, but mostly he spun the hilt around his finger. The serpent and the pirate slipped into their ever-within-reach speedo bathing suits. As it was his ship, Scraggly Beard insisted on going first. He stepped onto the plank over the starboard side and executed a perfect forward dive with one-and-a-half somersaults in the pike position. I've seen better, the serpent grunted. Right, one eye said, gesturing with the sword. Off you go. With pleasure, the serpent said. When I get back, I'm eating you first, one eye shrugged. They all say that. The serpent also stepped to the starboard side and did a flawless back dive with three and a half somersaults in the tuck position. One eye let out a huge sigh. Well, that's that. The starboard side was the one that ran aground on the beach. Whoops. Funny how one eye'd forgotten that. Hi, this is 8 Bit Rocket Jeff Fulton from the Into the Vertical Blank Growing Up Atari podcast. You're listening to the incomparable Bill and his wonderful stories, gameplay sessions, and just plain fun that he has with his Atari and sometimes in television systems here on the Atari Bytes podcast. We cover all things Atari from the 2600 through all the video game systems, computers, and more. Our first game system was the 2600, and we loved it. We still do. So when you want more Atari, come visit us in the vertical blank. And that's our show. Thanks to Henry for dropping in for his surprise appearance. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and CompTech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme. Be sure to put down your sword and dodge the serpents over there at Apple Podcasts to leave a review of this show like a bit of treasure in a chest that is the Apple podcast site. Something like that. A five-star gold doubloon review would be lovely. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, do check us out on Instagram, where stuff does appear occasionally. Don't forget you can call and leave us a voicemail at 563-265-1978 about really pretty much anything you want and there's a good chance that we'll play it on the show oh hey speaking of the instagram by the way don't forget uh henry's artwork is still up there go check out there are a number of posts featuring his artwork i'll be adding a coloring book later oh okay so henry's got new stuff coming so keep an eye on the instagram and as i recall half of the proceeds from the sales of his artwork is going to covid19 related charity is that still the plan yeah. So help us out. Uh, pick us some great artwork and, uh, and help out some good causes. Speaking of helping out, consider supporting this show financially by becoming a subscriber on the Atari Bytes Patreon page. Uh, go to patreon.com Atari Bytes and uh, sign up. You could, if you do that, you could get access to episodes early. You don't necessarily have to wait until Sundays to get the episodes. You could also get bonus content. We're not on a set schedule, but from time to time, we put up extra stuff that we don't do on the regular show. We have played board games on the uh, Patreon. We have also 
been doing an ongoing series of commentaries about the very strange cartoon series, Pac-Man the Ghostly Adventures. I think we're probably going to do another one of those fairly soon. But you're not going to get any of that unless you're a Patreon subscriber. So please consider doing that and joining the likes of the awesome Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, and Aerospike, uh, who are already Patreon subscribers and, uh, frankly, are kind of tired of each other. So they would like some new visitors over there at the Patreon. Don't forget to check out my other show. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown, uh, a monthly deep dive into all things related to the iconic Peanuts comic strip, the TV specials, the merchandise, the mind of Charles Schultz himself. We have actors, authors, knowledgeable folks from the Peanuts universe. My frequent ramblings about Peanuts, it's all over there at It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. Uh, oh, and the uh, uh, Zazzle.com store is still there. You can pick up, go play some old games they've missed you. Shirts and mugs over there at the store. We're already into the middle of the year. I keep saying some point this year the store is going to get updated. Uh, it's going to happen at some point. All right. Anything else we need to talk about today, Henry? No. no. Henry's deep into his game. He really doesn't even care about this podcast anymore today. So, let's get out of here. Next time on Atari Bytes. Intellivision Month continues. Um, we're playing one of the games... One, frankly, I only had a half dozen or so Intellivision games when I was a kid. Um, I've told the story many times. I got the Intellivision, actually a series telegames before I got an Atari console, because Dad, a lifelong Sears man, said, let's hold off on the Atari thing, because there's this new thing coming, this Sears telegames, you're going to love it. So we got that first, and I liked it, but I still wanted an Atari. So uh, we only got about a half dozen games or so, and one of the games that I had as a kid is what we're playing next week. Space Battle. Gee, I wonder what that one is about. In addition to trying to have a good life right now, which is kind of difficult, do your best. And until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.